Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew as we uh, look at a very special portion of, of this sermon that the Lord Jesus preached so many years ago. And the title of the message today, The Privilege and Reward of Confessing Jesus Christ Publicly. Because everyone that the Lord Jesus Christ called, he called out publicly. And here in our service, we follow that tradition. At the end of each service, you're given the opportunity to make a public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's actually the most important time of the service, the invitation, because it's the Lord's invitation to you to receive him as Lord and Savior if you've never accepted Jesus as Savior, to rededicate your life if you've been walking in the wrong direction, living your life in such a way that you know is displeasing to the Lord, or to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. You've accepted the Lord as Savior, but you've not made a commitment. You've never come forward to say, yes, I want to follow the Lord in baptism. Or maybe it's to join the church officially. And we've said many times that membership has its privileges. You get to, you get to share your, your thoughts or those, those the things that God has laid upon your heart, the direction the church might take in a particular area. Because every person in every person's position is important. And so as a member, you have that, that right to share your position in particular areas of ministry. And so when we come to the invitation at the end of the the sermon, realize that that is the most important time of the service because that is when you make your decision. And so we're beginning here at verse 27 in the 10th chapter in the book of Matthew. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him 
who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we give thanks to you for your holy word. We pray, Father, that you teach us today by your Holy Spirit to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we lift up to you, Father, every individual and every family here today, and all those who listen by way of podcast or over the internet, anyone who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, we pray they'll come to know him today. And others who may have been playing Christian or who are straying in their Christian life, we pray that they will be drawn back to you. Father, for all who need to make a commitment, whatever that commitment might be today, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would lead them, empower them, and encourage them to make that commitment today. Lord, we pray, speak to our hearts. To the glory of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray and give thanks. Amen. And so, our first point today, to give you a little summary statement of what Jesus is saying, he says, preach the word. God's children are all to preach the word. We all have the responsibility to preach the word. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. But you are a minister. Every individual Christian is called to be a minister. The word in its, in its basic definition means to serve. And we are all servants. We serve the Lord, and we're to serve one another, and we're to serve the rest of humanity. And the most important service that we can do for anyone is to share God's word of love. We possess the greatest treasure in all of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the treasure of heaven. And God the Father wants us to share him with others. So, Jesus says, preach the word. Now, I'd like you to turn over to 2 Timothy. Keep your place there in Acts, but also turn to 2 Timothy so we can read this together. 2 Timothy in chapter 4. Beginning at verse, I put down there, 11, but it should actually be 1. <laughs> I had to take a double take. 
Click that key one too many times. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4, and beginning at verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. As Christians, we have the wonderful privilege of sharing the message of God's love with a lost and dying humanity. And we learned in our Sunday school lesson this morning that God loves all people, all ethnicities. You see, there's really only one race of people, the human race, the human race. But that human race is divided up into so many different ethnicities. Yet God loves every single one. And we have the wonderful privilege of sharing his love, the treasure of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, with other people. Jesus says to proclaim the message far and wide. Notice he says what you, what you hear in private in the ear. You're to make that known. Preach it on the housetops. Yes, far and wide. And we're to preach also without fear. Without fear. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of, of fear or timidity but rather of a sound mind, of power. God the Holy Spirit empowers his children. And we are to be people who live out and depend upon that power to share the message. Nothing is, is, is more irritating to me than when I hear grown men or grown women say, I just can't do that. And they're referring to, to telling somebody else about Jesus. I realize that it's difficult. I realize that it's challenging. But you're depending upon the wrong person. Because when you depend upon yourself, you're looking in the wrong direction. You're to be depending upon God and by His Spirit, he empowers and enables you to speak. He's given you a voice, and he intends for you to use that voice. He's given you his spirit, and he wants us to depend upon his spirit and to share his love with other people. And we do it by sharing the word. Now, there are some people who say, well, I just witnessed by my lifestyle. But use that as an excuse to not say anything. No, we're to witness by preaching that is sharing the message of his love and we're to live it out by the way that we manifest 
the truth of God's word through our lives. Preach the word and to do so without fear. Now these apostles, these apostles, only one of the twelve died a natural death. The other eleven, including Judas, he went out and he, he hanged himself, the Bible teaches. That's not a natural death. But even the one that was elected to take his place, those eleven were all murdered. And they were murdered because they were willing to preach the gospel. John the Apostle was the only one that we believe lived well into his 90s. He may have even been 100. We don't know exactly. But he died a natural death. But they did try to kill him. They tried to kill John. And they even, they even banished him to the island of Patmos out there in the middle of the Mediterranean. Why? Because he was a Christian. That's what they faced. And we have it pretty good, don't we? Living in the US. We have it. We have it so good. But Jesus says that we're to proclaim and to preach without fear. And then notice he goes on. We're to live a life of reverent obedience. And a part of that obedience is sharing the message. Not keeping it to ourselves, but sharing the message. Now he says, don't be afraid of those who are able to kill the body. You notice that? The body. Well, we're made up of, of a body. <laughs> and a soul. And that soul is made eternal. It was created with eternity in mind. Now here's the thing that, that most people don't understand or don't realize. Everyone lives forever. Everyone lives forever. You say, what? The unbeliever lives forever? Yes. The unbeliever lives forever, and the believer lives forever. However, the destinations are completely different. The soul is eternal. Now, I've shared before that there are three different words used in the New Testament with respect to life. We have the word bios, from where we get the science of biology for, for life. Physical, physical life. Physical life. Then the word suke, which refers to the personality, which refers really to the soul. That's the word that's used here for soul. Soul. That part of you that is uniquely you. But whenever eternal life is referenced, the Greek word zoe is used. It is a life that is only possessed by those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. 
So yes, the unbeliever is alive, and the unbeliever has a soul, just like we have a soul. But the unbeliever does not have eternal life. As a matter of fact, over in the third chapter in the, the Gospel of John, Jesus said that he who believes in the Son has life. He who does not believe in the Son of God does not have life. And he's referring to eternal life. But instead, the wrath of God abides on that person, following them wherever they go. And it doesn't matter how rich and famous they are, how wealthy or successful they are, wherever they are, the wrath of God hovers over their life because they reject Christ. He says, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. Sure. We're all vulnerable, are we not? And as we get older and older, we become even more vulnerable. And there are those who, who take advantage of that vulnerability. You know these real brave criminals, right? Instead of working, they'll attack an elderly lady and steal her purse. I saw just a couple of weeks ago five youth that beat a man, an elderly man, to death with a traffic cone. They're so tough. They're so brave. Amazing, though. They had them caught on, on a video, and uh, two of them, because two of them were boys, and I think the other three were girls, if I'm not mistaken, the two boys, I think their mothers made them turn themselves in, which that's rare these days. But the point being, we're, we're vulnerable. Jesus knows that. But he says, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, because you are eternal. Understand? You are eternal. But we're to fear him, and the him is God. And when he uses the term destroy, he does not mean annihilate. Because there are, there are people out there that teach that, you know, once you die, you go through the judgment, well then God just snuffs out your life and you no longer exist. So is that really bad, you know? You won't even know. Kind of like just dying in your sleep. No, that's, that's not how it's going to happen. Jesus gave the example of the rich man and the poor man. You remember that? And the rich man found himself in hell, Hades. And he lifted up his, his eyes and he could see, he could see across to the other side. Oh, Father Abraham, that Lazarus would dip his finger in the water and come and touch my tongue because I'm in torment in this flame. Hell is real. Now the Christian is to live without fear. That is, without fear of fellow human beings. One theologian has said, any man who fears God need not fear anything else. And so let's look at a few passages here. Psalm 111 and verse 10. I'm going to make you work for your supper today. Psalm 111, verse 10. 
Psalm 111, verse 10. Notice what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Do you want to be wise? Do you want to be wise? Now, over in the, the book of James, in the first chapter, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. He gives. He gives freely to those who desire to be wise. But know this. The Bible teaches that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what is this fear? It's a, it's a reverence, a reverential respect, an awe, and an acknowledgement that God, God can snuff out a life at any moment. At any moment. And the unbeliever who dies and then goes before the Lord at the judgment, they're going to know a fear and a terror that they have never experienced in their entire life. They're going to know a fear that is indescribable. But notice all through the scripture, what does the Lord say to those who believe in him? Whenever an angel appeared, the believer would usually fall to the ground out of fear, right? And the angel would speak and say, fear not, fear not. Psalm 112, right there. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man and the woman who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. And then Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, notice that, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There are many foolish people living in this world in which we live. Sadly, tragedy. We share the truth with them, and they would rather embrace a lie. They prefer to embrace something that is false. They would rather embrace immorality, dishonesty, instead of embracing the truth. And then Ecclesiastes. Right after the book of Proverbs 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Now we go back to Matthew chapter 10. And then notice in verse 26, which is one verse above where we began. Notice what Jesus says. He says, therefore, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Now think of the worst thing you've ever done. Or maybe the worst several things you've ever done. And we've all done them. We all have them. 
But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? The slate has been wiped clean. Wiped clean. Wiped clean. Turn to Psalm 103. I, I, I want you to, to read this. Psalm 103. Because when we read these verses about the secret things, you know, being uncovered, oh, hearts begin to, to you know, palpitate and, 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 and then people begin to worry and, and such. Psalm 103. 103. Beginning at verse 8. Psalm 103 and verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our prayer. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For then the wind passes over it and it is gone, but its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do. Amen. Those who know the Lord Guess what? All of that stuff that you're ashamed that you ever did or thought. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. We are the forgiven. Now, the soul and the body, we just talked about that. Jesus makes reference to both the physical life as well as the spiritual life. And as we've said, to destroy does not mean to annihilate. The unbeliever lives forever, separated from God. As we go to our next point here. God's children have tremendous value, tremendous value and dignity. Jesus points out that nothing happens in this universe with respect to, to the birds, the animals, but that he knows all about it. And not one, not one sparrow. And he says, you know, two sparrows are sold for about a penny. And yet your heavenly father knows about every single one of them. And then he goes on to say, and the very hairs of your head are numbered. 
What is he pointing out? He's pointing out that even though God has created this entire universe and all the other universes beyond it and, and the galaxies, trillions and trillions, he knows everything that goes on and he knows everything about your life. And he loves you. He loves you. I was thinking about this with Cheryl and I a few years ago. We were over in the Hawaiian Islands. And a special time because that's where my, uh, my family is from. My mother and father. My father was born on the big island of Hawaii. My mother on the island of Oahu. So we were at uh, Pearl Harbor. And we were sitting down. Um, and right there at Pearl Harbor, a little snack bar area. And, you know, there are birds all around. Well, so as we were sitting, this bird, <laughs> this bird flew over and came and landed right in my lap, and just you know, stood right there on my on my leg. <laughs> and I said, "Well, look at that, Cheryl." And she said, "Well, get over yourself because the birds, <laughs> the birds interested in the sandwich you're opening, <laughs> not you." <laughs> God knows, God knows every bird, and he knows every single one of us. He knows everything about us. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, you don't need to worry. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to live your life handcuffed by fear. Because God, your Father, cares about you. God loves us. Notice, you're valuable to God our Father. You know the verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting. And that's that, that's that life, Zoe, eternal life. And then notice, you're created in the image of God. You, we were created in God's image. And we all have the potential for good. Because God has created us that way. His goodness. We all have the potential to love and we all need to be loved. And we need to share our love. But more important than that, we need to share God's love with others. Created in the image of God. Created in the image of God. Every individual has value and worth. And then fourthly, Oh, what a privilege and what a tremendous reward. The gift of believing. Now, we're saved by grace. The Bible says, for we are saved by grace through faith and this, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And there are some people who don't understand that. They think, well, you know, you accept Christ as your Savior, then you go out and you do something you know you shouldn't do. Boom, you lose your salvation. No, that's not correct. That's, that's heresy. Jesus said, all manner of sin and even blasphemy shall be forgiven, except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Rejecting, refusing to accept and to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God. To receive Him as Lord and Savior. But we're saved by grace. That's the gift. And even the ability to believe is given to us by God. That's a gift. Salvation, salvation is the work of God. But there's also a reward. It's a rewarding privilege to share Christ with others. But Jesus goes on and he says something. He says, if you confess me before men, then I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Now, let that sink in. That when you pass from this life and go into the next, into heaven, your name is proclaimed in heaven. The significance of that. Your name, you are known. I don't know if the trumpets are going to blast and all of that, you know, and you know they like to do that, right? All the the, the movie stars, you know, and the, the celebrities, etc. They come down the the red carpet and all of the fanfare, etc. I don't know if that's what it's going to be like, but we know this. Jesus said, "If you confess me before men." I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Our names are going to be proclaimed in heaven. And then I suppose we're going to all fall down, as the Bible says, right? Casting our crowns before him. Because when we come face to face with our Lord, we're going to become so overwhelmed, I would think, that all we can do is bow down. And like the song says, cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. But then the tragic consequence, the tragic consequence of rejecting Jesus, the denial of Christ, results in eternal separation from God in hell. Jesus preached more about hell than anyone else in the Bible. But now, of course, the whole entire Bible is his word. And yet hell is a real place. And there are those who want you to believe that it's a fictitious description of eternity for those who don't believe in God. No, hell is real. Hell is a real place. When you look at your children, or your grandchildren, or your great-grandchildren, or your neighbors, and you look at them, ask the question, is he or she going to heaven or to hell? Heaven or hell? Heaven or hell? And do everything in your power, 
empowered by God the Spirit to share the message with them. Even if they complain and turn around and walk away. In our lesson again this morning, the, the, the Syrian general, Naaman, who was a leper. You know, all, he had all these accolades, but the last thing was, but he was a leper. And he went to Elijah, Elisha, the prophet, to be healed. And then when he was told to, to dip himself into uh, the Jordan River, he became upset. Because Elisha, the prophet, didn't come out to do some, you know, fanciful praying over him. But instead he sent his messenger. Said, go to the Jordan River, dip yourself seven times, you'll be healed. Just that simple. Oh, he left in a huff. All upset. But then that little servant came along and said, now, if the man of God told you to do some great thing, oh, that you would have done. But because he told you to, to do this simple thing, to go into the muddy waters of the Jordan, Basically, shouldn't you just be willing to do that? And so I suppose he thought about that for a while and went on down there, dipped himself into the muddy Jordan River seven times and was healed. And as you share the message of God's love with others, as you confess, as you give your testimony to others, they may laugh at you, they may criticize you. They may holler at you and call you names and, and walk away in a huff, but you don't know but that someone else God brings along to speak to them. Or a situation occurs, and boom. They come to know the Lord as Savior. And so Jesus says, share. So what did we learn from this passage as we bring this message to to a close. We're to preach the word without fear and without compromise. We don't compromise God's word. We do not compromise at all. God's word is true. His word is dependable. His word is authoritative. His word remains faithful and true forever. The Bible says thy word, O Lord, is settled forever in the heavens. Amen? And then we're to live each day with a heart filled with loving reverence for and awe of our Heavenly Father, our Creator and Sovereign Lord. I would encourage you every morning when you wake up to praise Him before you get up out of the bed. And you know, it, it's so much more comfortable in the bed, right? And when you first you get up, you know, a few aches and pains. You lay there in the bed for a while and talk to him. And love him and let him love on you. And then we're to acknowledge whose and who we are. When you have opportunity this afternoon, I would have you to read Psalm 100. You, you know it. You know the psalm. And I see I made a mistake there too. 
It's supposed to be one through five, not one zero. <laughs> it only has five verses. <laughs> but you know it, right? Enter into his courts with singing, right? With praise and joy. We are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Amen. You know the, you know the song. And then lastly, there are only two choices. Only two. Heaven or hell. Which will you choose? If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you now strongly to give your life and heart to him. And as a Christian, if you've been struggling in your, in your life, Right where you are, recommit and rededicate your life to the Lord. He loves you. You need to make a commitment today as we sing, Jesus, I come. You come. We're going to stand and sing. Let's stand. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.